All right, we've got a great episode of Side Retired today. This is Dylan Campione and Nico Fernandez, as always. And today we're going to be joined by an MLB insider. So, Nico, let's hit the intro music and get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired. It's Dylan Campione and Nico Fernandez. And Nico, it's a Thursday night and we're here talking baseball. How you doing? Typical Thursday. It seems like every day I get to talk about baseball, which it's getting recorded. So that's what I love to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And today we're joined on the podcast by Michael Marino. He's a national MLB reporter. You can find him on Twitter at Marino MLB. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Of course, guys. I'm, I'm happy to be on. Absolutely. We love to have you on. So the first question we ask all of our guests sort of to introduce you to our audience who might not be familiar with who you are and what your journey is sort of, who is Michael Marino? Yeah, no. So um, obviously baseball reporting, kind of my, my passion. Um, you will see me during the winter meetings firing 2,500 texts and receiving more than 2,500 texts in any given day. Um, that is a little bit of a pain in the ass, but it's worth it when you get the scoop. Um, but obviously baseball reporting, um, a lot of Mets fans follow me because kind of started off with, with the Mets, um, my background, always been a Mets fan. So, um, I've always got the Mets covered, but in recent years, kind of, I've shifted to league wide. So breaking, you know, anything that comes to me, any team, you know, whether it be professional or minor league or international, kind of, you know, find what I can. And if I got something, I'm going to run with it. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is, especially like with baseball, any sport, you have like your Woj's, you have your Ken Rosenthal's, you have like the guys that everyone looked to. And over the last few years, like you've really like come onto the scene and like just very like unexpectedly, because again, you're not really affiliated with any like athletic or like ESPN. What was the the story of like how you came to be to be able to give like a lot of information that some guys just aren't getting it's a great question um <laughs> you know what i think a lot of people don't realize is it's so much of a relationship business um you know anyone like i i've talked to almost every kind of national guy most media guys you know, like I have a relationships throughout, not only like execs and people in baseball, but a huge part of it is having relationships with media. And, and like these are obviously in some ways your competitors, your enemies, but I think there's a world where you can become friends with them and you can, it's an information sharing business. This is how it works, right? And like trading scoop sounds like a ridiculous thing, but like it's way more common than you guys think. Like, you know, I hear one thing, you hear one thing, like let's, you know, let's see what we got. And so all the time I'll have other people in the media teams asking, what are you hearing? And, you know, I'll say X, Y, Z, what do you got on, you know, X, Y, Z. And then that's just kind of how it goes. And when you talk to enough people, you start to hear what's going on. Um, you know, they tell you what they're hearing, you tell them what they're hearing. And then it's it's just kind of a free flowing, that's how that goes. So um, really about two, three years ago, 
got well-connected with guys in the media. I have, my background is like, I have known people in the media for a long time, like 10 plus years. And so once I met one, he introduced me to another, and then it would just kind of my network expanded. Um, and so, you know, it's a collection of building up my connections. And as my network has expanded, I've gotten to hear more things. Um, and the luxury of that is obviously once your your network expands, you hear one thing and you've got two, three people that you can say, hey, is this is this true? You know, and and that's how that goes. And, you know, if, if you asked me three years ago, I wouldn't have people that could have confirmed those things. And what you see with a lot of reporters who are trying to break in is they hear one thing from a source that they're like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's legit. And they just run it. And they're like, you know, there's a trade. And then after 30 minutes, there's no national guys that pick it up. And it's like, okay, shit, this is not happening. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I get that because if I didn't have people to confirm it, I'm sure it would happen to me. I've heard, you know, 50% of what I hear is, is not real. And that's a huge thing is weeding out what's legit and what's not. Um, and so that's, that's been like a huge, a huge part of it, building my, my connections, making sure I have people that can like give me legit info and confirm. And, and really it's just a product of, again, like having those connections and, and building my network that's allowed me to to hear more and, and be able to report more. I love that. Absolutely. And before we get into all the real stories and what you're hearing there, I would now love to be curious about what's the craziest fake story that you've heard about if there is Ooh. one. Um. Okay. It's a great one. Um, I heard two years ago at the deadline that there was a blockbuster deal going through with one of the best pitchers in baseball and it was making its rounds. Uh, I, all the national guys had heard it. Um, like the, the guys, you know, were all hearing pretty much the same thing. And I'm like, shit, am I going to catch them on this? Like, <laughs> I, you know, they're not putting anything up. Maybe I should you know, like, let me see what I got. It was that Shane Bieber was getting traded. And I was like, Fuck, this, is, this is a huge one. If I can get this, <laughs> you know, so I'm texting people. I'm like, is Shane Bieber about to get traded? Is this real? You know, within seconds, bullshit. Okay. Well, you know, that was throw that out the door. So you hear those things all the time. Like I'm hearing buzz that whatever. And if you don't have the connections to back it up and, and you hear, these things like it's so common for people who, you know, aren't as as well connected to just run it. And that's when you see those mistakes being made of like reports and you're like, is this true? Is this true? Like it, it's hard. And that's when you get questioned about like, oh, you have no sources. And like, you know, I I am very lucky to say like I haven't had one of, of those in in quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Several, several years. Um and that's because like I triple check at this point, you know, like I need to make sure three people tell me this thing's legit before I put anything up on, on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Up. <laughs> I would think like a guy like Bieber, especially like the guys are like already in the rumor mill. Like anytime, like someone hears something, you think oh, it could be definitely legit because yeah, it's, it's buzzwords, right? It's like Bieber. Yeah. Oh my God, is Bieber, he? Gonna... It's got to be a. Tra it's got to be real because Bieber's been talked about getting traded for like the last three, four years. <laughs> exactly. So that's why you have to take it with a grain of salt. But I mean, there's nothing better, and this is a huge part of it. There's these 
adrenaline rushes when you get something and it's good and it's oh my god it's addictive it's like oh my god i think i just got it you know and you put it up and you're like the worst thing um and i've had a few like the rockies trade when i broke that they were um trading Mustakis to the to the angels there's a few that come to mind chad green of the blue jays i posted those <laughs> within an hour not a single confirmation <laughs> and i'm like i'm li like my source is direct like this, this he's literally in influencing <laughs> all of us is, am i wrong did i this up like what what why haven't i heard anything and then an hour later it's like you know rosenthal drops it and i'm like oof, oof. <laughs> you know it's like oh my god that was so scary but you know once it hits and you get recognition it's like all right now i remember why i like doing this you know yeah. um it's it's nerve-wracking and you can get beat the, the best i mean rosenthal with Scherzer to the Padres a few years ago. <laughs> I mean, it they happen to everyone. And if you don't think the passings of the worlds are getting bad information, they they get just as much good information as they do bad. It's it's how it goes. So having guys that can weed it out is a huge part of it. Hello, Arson Judge. <laughs> it, hello, Arson Judge is, is accurate. Yes. Absolutely. But I guess they're one of the teams that I'm sure a lot of our listeners are curious about. They're probably disappointed in the Mets offseason so far. People want a starter. People want a DH. People are expecting another reliever or two. So to quote the phrase, what are you hearing? What am I hearing? Okay, so here's what I'll tell you. They're very much involved in the relief pitching march market. And their strategy is pretty simple. Like David Stearns believes any reliever that has any type of value can provide to you value at some point in the season. And so he's going to talk to everyone and that includes relievers that are going to get $500,000. That includes relievers that are going to get $10 million. And if he thinks they have any value, he's either going to give them an offer at what they believe their internal value is to, to be like, Hey, this is what we think he's worth. We're going to offer him X. They're going to do that with like the entire relief pitching market. They're going to see who bites. And so they have offers out. They're kind of just waiting to see who bites at their price. And they're hoping that with some of these guys, they end up being the top bid. And, and that's kind of where this is, is going. And so we'll see, uh, you know, it, it, they don't even know who they're going to get. And that's why no one knows. Now what I've heard Ryan Stanek the last like week, he's been the guy that, has been getting a ton of buzz. Once Fine Sand picked that up, I mean, he's plugged with the Mets. He's he has legit Mets guys. And so when he ran that, I was like, okay, there's something here. <laughs> definitely something here. Hector Norris is another one that like they have shown interest in. I just don't know if they're going to be the winning bid. I mean, he, he's picked up a, a really decent you know market. There's a there's a lot of suitors for Hector Norris. And so we'll see, you know, we'll see where, where that takes. Like, I think they would like, they really want to get at least one reliever. I think they would be really happy if they could get two and it would be like, in, in it, you know, in their minds, like an incredible haul if they got three. And so, you know, I think the market really will determine what they get and they will find out as they hear from these relievers you know, yes or no. And that's kind of their plan right now. Yeah. I think the weird thing I'm not 
a Mets fan and I just like to listen to yeah. I do. I basically, I call myself a Marlins fan who has talked to the most Mets fans because <laughs> of this podcast. My only is I don't really get their timeline. I think that they have an impending like issue with Pete, obviously, like there's kind of a lot of what's going to happen there from what you've like noted, like analyzing what they're kind of doing. When are they trying to be kind of not competitive? Cause I think they're always trying to be competitive, but really in that world series window that we kind of thought that they had when they made all those big moves in the beginning of the corner. Right. I mean, it's like Epler put them in this win now zone where they're signing 40 year olds and like you have to win right now or right. And, and they didn't. And so now it reset their timeline. Now, my understanding is like they really think they can make a, a, a legit run in 2025. A lot of cash coming off the books. You have the Verlander contracts coming off. You have the Scherzer contracts coming off. I think McCann comes off bunch of contracts that are coming off the books. So they kind of look at 2025. I think like their payroll sets to be like 150 million. And so once the, that extra 100 million, which is like players that aren't even on the Mets right now, comes off the books next year, they're planning to be really aggressive. and But smart aggressive. And that's where their mind is at. They want that the, those value plays – they're going to be, they love the starters market next year. They love it. And you can't fault them. There's so many good arms, aces that that are set to hit the market. Um, and they know it, which is why a lot of them haven't looked to for extensions. Now, guys like Wheeler wouldn't be shocked at all if he's extended by the time the market comes around. But they've identified, and this is a huge thing. Like, I remember with Correa, um, when the, when that was falling apart, I was told almost pretty directly that they were using Manny Machado hitting the market next year as a reason why they felt comfortable exiting Carlos Correa and giving up on that. Obviously, he didn't hit the market. So that, <laughs> you know, but these teams look ahead. That's kind of their nature. The smart teams, they're always thinking one year ahead of, hey, we like the starters market right now but we love the starters market next year. Our window to win is, is probably kind of opening up next year in terms of legit postseason expected runs. Why don't we save some of that money? Wait till we really are comfortable with the market. And then, you know, that's when we, we make the splashes. So my best answer for you is like next year, they think they can make a legit run with all the cash coming off the books. Stern's finding those kind of value plays mixed with the, the high spending guys. Um, Pete's a great, a great discussion. He, I have my doubts if Pete Alonso is going to be a Met. You, you, people who are smarter and more plugged in than me really don't think Stearns is going to pay up for an aging defense, like someone who will not play defense well in his older years at first base. They just don't buy it maybe pressure from Cohen from the fans kind of makes them reach a middle point. They're off. I mean, they're off a, a good chunk of change on the money with Pete. So, you know, unless that, that Delta kind of shrinks a little bit, it, it it's totally possible. Pete Alonso is playing for someone else. You know, what if they're out of, what if they're 10 games back at, at the, at the all-star, you know, like at the trade deadline, why we, you, you think you're hearing, you talk to Pete. Hey, we, we're thinking 180. Well, I'm thinking 240. Shit, 
go to the Cubs, you know, and that's how these things work. So I, I don't think they have a great answer on Pete Alonso. I think they don't love the price that he's looking for and they have their numbers set in their head. And I also think they're comfortable doing what they did with Brandon Nimmo, which is letting him hit the market and saying, go find a better offer than what, what, what we've got. And if you can, maybe we'll match it or not. And we'll figure it out from there. And they're comfortable. Obviously, money is no question. They have it if they want to spend it. But they want to make sure it's smart for the team and not just like the fans want him back. Let's let's just bring him, you know, because that's how Stearns operates. He 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 doesn't listen to the fans. I know that's shocking if you haven't <laughs> seen the offseason, right? But he he does what he thinks is smart, is analytical. And if in his mind, paying P. Alonzo is ask is not smart or analytical, he won't do it. And so we'll have to see because that price totally can shrink and all right, well, now you got to Pete Alonso inked up for the next six, eight, 10, 12 years. Uh, but at least right now, that's just, that's just not where it's at. And there is one guy in free agency next year that likely will get double the Pete Alonso contract, but it seems like the numbers do love him and he is getting a taste of New York right now. That is Juan Soto. Do you think there's any chance that he jumps ships and turns to the orange and blue next year? 100%. 100%. Is that a possibility? A hundred percent. Now, um, I don't know how. Okay, so the relationship between the two owners in New York is a great one, and it's actually so good that they've kind of formed a pact. At at one point, they formed a pact to not screw each other over um, and work in the best interest of both teams. One instance of that was when Aaron Judge hit the market and. My understanding is like the Mets signal, like he's, he's your guy. We won't interfere. He's all, you know, we will, we will let you figure that situation out. <laughs> we will not intervene. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case next year when you have a player like Juan Soto, who's hitting the market, who's, you know, one of the like greatest players of our generation. Now, you know, Aaron judge was a homegrown talent who, you know, breathes New York and he's like everything they've ever wanted. Makes sense why the Mets wouldn't touch him. This is a rental and this is a completely different space. And I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked if there's a war. You saw with the Yamamoto, they were they were going at it and none of them won, right? <laughs> but they weren't afraid to go at each other, which is a, a clear tone change from years ago when Judge hit the market, when the Mets you know, whether they they really convinced, like convinced themselves and, and told the Yankees like, Hey, we're going to let you, you figure this out. I, I just don't think that's, that's how they operate anymore. You know, they're not winning games and the, you know, they're going to do what's best for them. And that's kind of where they're at, but we'll have to see where it goes. Maybe I'm not going to make any promises, but like <laughs> I would assume they're in on that market. He's not, I would be shocked if he's extended. I mean, he's probably going to hit the market with like 90% certainty. Yeah. One interesting thing you said that I think is really applicable to like this offseason is how like the Mets are looking towards like next year's starting pitching class. Do you think from like all MLB teams, is that kind of like what's happening this now that next starting pitching class is so good that and you have a guy that there's a lot of risk that he's not getting any younger? There's questions about his walks, if that's sustainable. And that's kind of they see. 2024 free agency to 2025 free agency and they're like 
why would we spend when we can just wait on these guys? I mean, it's certainly something, right? I mean, if you if the money on Blake Snell is the same as the money on Corbin Burns next year, well, shit, I'll take Corbin <laughs> Burns, right? And this is a question that teams are asking routinely. We don't know the prices on those guys. I mean, that's a huge thing, right? I mean, what if Corbin Burns is a Cy Young year and Boomy wants $350 million? Well, now they're in completely different ballparks. So these teams you know, are trying their best to evaluate talent and be interested in the, in this year's guys while also kind of being cognizant that, like, there might be better value plays next year. Um, I think with Snell, it's just, what is he? He's coming off his second Cy Young year, and by the sounds of that, you're like, oh, this is a phenomenal pitcher. He's the best in baseball. Well, you know, the walks, his pitch count's always like 100 pitches in the fifth inning. I mean, a lot of these things aren't sustainable, and at times it almost feels like he's like an every-other-year guy, right? It's like Cy Young and shit, Cy Young. And and so finding that that middle value is what teams are trying to do, and I think the prices right now – they're just not comfortable with it. There's so much risk. And for the longest time, like since the beginning of his free agency, I was like, I would not be surprised if like the Angels or the Giants like win this one because they're the only ones. Like anytime you see guys that are this volatile and like you really don't know what you're getting, anytime those guys go to like the Angels or like a team like that, like no, like my connections around the league, I'll get a text from like one of the very smart orgs in baseball. Like Poof, we missed that one. Thank God. <laughs> and like, that's how these teams think. And it's, it, it happens in all the sports. I was watching Daniel Jeremiah, who's the NFL draft and he used to be in the league. And he said, anytime you saw when we were evaluating offensive linemen, you saw another team, um, who is great and, and just has an understanding of how to draft offensive linemen. Anytime they took a guy we had questions about, we're like, Oh shit, he's going to be a five time all-star. And we just, that was a mistake. And that's just how these teams think. Like it's just how, how it goes. So I haven't heard of like any of the big market teams. I know the Yankees kind of have talked numbers with them. You know, I'm just struggling to find other big market teams that are, that are talking to them. And at least kind of on the same wavelength in terms of price, which is why I've kind of had this lingering feeling that like the angels will, will win this one, but who knows? You could go to the Yankees. You could go to the Dodgers. I mean, right. I mean, the Dodgers are signing anyone. that Dodgers. Right? <laughs> yeah. So guess we'll have to see, but his market's really unclear. It, it's, it's, it's really hard to nail down right now, which is why I've, I've thought to myself, like, this just feels like the Angels or the Giants or, you know, something that we're not thinking about. I just usually you hear more at this point, And that tells you that when there's crickets, there might not be, you know, it might be crickets behind the scenes. So I've, I've been asking and I, I haven't been getting a lot back. No, absolutely. I think the fun thing in baseball, it's whenever the Rays sign someone to a minor league contract, you're like, shoot, he's making the all-star game this year. Exactly. And then when the Angels dump 30 million on Robert Stevens, you're like, all right, good pitcher, but you're not a setup man away from making the playoffs. So what are you doing there? And that's always a fun that, That's how it goes. That's how these teams see it. Like anytime Tampa touches someone, they're like, we should have just gone up 3 million. I mean, <laughs> that's the two contrasts. It's like if they go to a um, mid person goes to the Rays, it's like, yeah, Yandy Diaz is going to just be an all star. We're going to talk about right. it. Yes, guys. And then in the other thing, if a star goes to the Angels for like the last decade, it's been like, 
I'm so sorry for you, bro. Way to take your money, but your career. <laughs> exactly. No, that's how it goes. And that's how these teams see it too. Um, and that's why it's interesting. Like I kind of ask people in the Mets front office, like, is Stern scared to do business with like Tampa? And they're like, no, dude. Like <laughs> he's made tons of trades with Tampa when he was in Milwaukee. So like there are GMs who are so confident in their ability, like David Stearns, who like they don't feel like they're going to get taken advantage from of the Rays. There's also teams that like they won't even pick up the phone pretty much because they're scared. They're just going to be like, you know, in five years, you're like, oh, my God, what were we thinking? <laughs> you know, like the Randy Rosarena trade with the Cardinals, like there's no way they want to make another trade with the Rays. I mean, they've gotten cooked every time. <laughs> no, absolutely. And then I know on yesterday's episode, Nico, we talked with TJ Anton of the Reds, and he said the guy that he believes saved his career was Trevor Bauer. And uh, obviously there's some stuff happening with Trevor Bauer right now. And he's going on his campaigns with Fox and with WFAN, which is an interesting choice that he made his way on New York sports radio out of nowhere, but crickets there as well. Crickets, not nothing. Um, I would be shocked if he signs with an MLB team this year. I, I mean, I'm not closing the door to like ever. I think it could happen maybe two years, you know, like, there's been worse human beings to be playing major league baseball. So I wouldn't be shocked if he is, is back in the league. I think just the negative press, you know, I don't want to get in any way like into the details here, but you know, I'm not convinced him being like innocent in the, in the minds of these teams is like, all right, now he's, we're free to get him. You know, like there's still kind of baggage there and that's what teams are are worried about now here's what i'll say um when that whole thing went down when he was on the dodgers the one person you heard from was like mookie Betts saying like we love trevor bauer my understanding is the sentiment from other players on that team was get him the hell out of here um that was pretty much a popular vote and so these are things that you hear routinely they make their rounds and there's not one person I heard it from that the Dodgers players wanted Bauer out when that thing unfolded. So, you know, like the you hear different opinions of like, well, if he makes a start every five days, I don't care what he's doing off the field, but the players do. And that's more important. So it could be a ticking time bomb. It could be the steal of the offseason. I think he has an offer to return to Japan on the base stars. Uh I think they have a max of like four million uh, in terms of contract. Like, I think he would get whatever that max is. Like, I, I think he can go back to Japan. I just would have, I would be shocked if if he's in the MLB. I think that time is kind of coming on because uh, he he was at the winter meetings and pitching himself with Rachel Luba and I, I didn't hear any buzz, nothing, nothing. So. Yeah, it seems like the last like month or so, he's kind of been on this like character like revitalization like he's i just saw like me and dylan were talking about it he's going on like youtube like he's doing like a youtube golf tournament now like he just got like confirmed for that it seems like he understands that i think after new york that it's not just what happened i think it's also the fact that a lot of people just like don't like him from before that and he's kind of like trying to like build something back up a hundred percent and uh, you know, we can talk about Stroman and the Yankees, right? Like, who would have thought that would happen coming in the offseason? I mean, it felt like he burned every bridge that existed you, you, with the Yankees. But 
it's with players like Trevor Bauer who are as polarizing as they come when you have doubters who are throughout the league and then you add accusations and court trials and you know they're not jumping in and and that's kind of where we're at and it's like you're looking around the league and maybe you're thinking to yourself man we could get this guy at a bargain like you look at the other 29 teams and you're like is anyone thinking about it anyone <laughs> you know and like when you're hearing nothing it's like all right i'm not gonna you don't want you don't want to be the one team that defies everyone else because then i mean if this dude went to new york could you imagine tuning it could you imagine the new york newspapers met sign you know like it would be <laughs> chaos i mean total chaos and, and no one wants to deal with that. And look what the Dodgers just pissed away on Trevor Bauer. I mean, it was like $90 million in two years. So I think they are learning from experience. I don't think it's impossible he's back. I just would be shocked if it's this year. No, absolutely. And there is one guy also in free agency that there are seem to be crickets around him. There is nothing, at least we're 99.9% .9 sure. Confident there's nothing legal. It's just that he sucked for two and a half years. And that's Cody Bellinger of the formerly Chicago Cubs. What's happening there? Seems like top tier outfielder, but highs and lows, like you were talking about with Blake Snell. Exactly, and that's he. He is the Blake Snell of the hitters market, and that's how these teams view it. Now, the really interesting part of this is about two months ago, reached out to my guys with the, with the Cubs and said, "Like, man, Cody had a great year with you guys. Like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, they're going to be on board." And 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 from kind of the people I talked, to, I just didn't get the impression that they were dying to have him back. Like. I think they were comfortable with how it went. Um, they gave him the qualifying offer, believe he declined. And now, you know, they'll get, I think they'll get a pick back for him. Um, they obviously got a great season out of Cody Bellinger. I think they're just kind of comfortable, like, with how it went. Now, that was when, you know, they knew his ask. It was sky high. And they thought their, you know, their value on him was much lower. They thought someone was going to pay that money. No one's paid it. And here we are on January 25th. Not No one's even sniffing it. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if that price comes down and the Cubs say, all right, well, here, you know, he hit our number and he was great for us. Like, why not? You know, I heard the Blue Jays and I reported the Blue Jays. And then as the weeks went by, they just didn't line up on numbers. It felt like they were getting farther and not closer. And like that kind of fizzled out. The Mariners for like three seconds and then that kind of fizzled out. And like his market's so unclear that I wouldn't be shocked if he went to the Cubs. But the last I heard, and that was months ago, was like, eh. And and that's where it's like, I don't know what is what his price is. And you know, if I if I know what that price is, I can give you a real realistic, you know, probability of like, hey, you might go back to the Cubs. But if it's anything close to what his original ask was, I mean, no way. So it just depends on, on what those numbers come in at because they could be back in, but at his original ask, I mean, they were pretty much out. So I, that's another one where we'll have to see. Um, I, I mean, I can give you a few other things like Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery. He's a, he's a premier guy in the market. Um, the Rangers were really struggling with that Valley sports, with that Valley sports deal and that, and the whole TV revenue questions, kind of like tore apart their off season to where I reported they're out on, on Shohei Otani and everyone's like, what are they doing? Right? Like, I don't know 
this was a, a discussion people in baseball were having. And, and I was wondering, was like, I, I know they had TV revenue issues, but you know, at some point you're getting that money. Right. And I, I asked about Josh Hader at one point when he was still a free agent. I'm like, ever, if you remember at the beginning of the off season, everyone's like, Oh, he's the Rangers love him. And they want, Oh, well, because of our TV revenue, it's not going to work out. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I get it, it's ninety million dollars, but you, you know, these guys are billionaires. They can pull that out of their pocket, and <laughs> here you go. So, you know, how much of it was an excuse, or how much of it was legitimate? Now, what I've heard with with Montgomery is like they're waiting to get this Bally Sports revenue thing kind of figured out. Once they get it figured out, they are hard in on Jordan Montgomery, and I don't, I don't know if I would classify it as like probably happening, but I think it's, there's some real buzz there that, that a return to Texas is something he wants. And if the numbers line up, he would love to go back to Texas. I know Heyman said the Red Sox were a team to watch. They're in, I mean, they're in, but he, you know, leverage and I'll leave it at that. I would, I think the Red Sox are in to an extent I'm watching Texas and I wouldn't be shocked if Boston kind of makes that splash move. It seems like they need it. Wouldn't be shocked if they traded Kenley Jansen. That's another one to watch. Uh, um, I would be very shocked if they got Montgomery for the simple reason of the Red Sox, I think for the last three years, have had the nice mantra of being in on about every single star. They're the interest kings. Yeah, interest kings, baby. Always Nico, Nico's trying to be unbiased right now. He is our resident Red Sox fan, so he's yeah. been touting all offseason that our star is going to be Whit Merrifield and uh, he's not been rewarded yet otherwise. I see. Well, listen, three-time interest king champions. I mean, <laughs> hang the banner. Back-to-back-to-back to back to back champs at the interest kings. We got the throne. <laughs> Actual are. wins, we're not there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love it. Well, we do have three fun rapid-fire questions to throw at you here if you're game oh, for them to round things out. Let's Let's do it. All right, this one's always Nico's favorite question of the podcast. We ask everyone, what would be your go-to walk-up song? Ooh, that's a, oh, that's a great question. Everyone's reaction, I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so I went to Travis Scott concert yesterday. Nice. Um, good timing. Um, the song I have just been absolute life, I can't stop listening to is Down in Atlanta, but Antidote. I listened to a ton yesterday in 90210, all Travis Scott. Phenomenal. I love all Uh, Second question we got for you. We were looking at the Twitter. Saw that you're not only in the baseball, also dabble in NFL. I'm in everything. I follow. <laughs> What's your Super Bowl pick, and who's your champ? Oh. Okay, so before the playoffs, my pick was 49ers-Ravens. I'm sticking to it. I think. It's the logo theory. Yeah. Oh, I know. I <laughs> that, I, I've heard I found that one out yesterday uh, I'm going Niners I th I just I think it's their year I think they're due Ooh. I like that one I know that's a, that's one of the Aaron Rodgers theories that we could probably be here for hours explaining all the stuff he's been talking about in New uh, York I'm a, <laughs> oh I'm a I'm a I'm a Jets fan so don't don't even <laughs> I know. oh I love it and then the third question we always ask our guests at the end we usually have a nice passing of the baton on to future guests. So if you'd like to shout out someone that maybe you know in the baseball world that you think would be a cool next person to have on the show. Uh, let me think. 
Um, I don't want to miss anyone. Wardy <laughs> is definitely one. Um, Robbie is one. Oh, I don't want to miss anyone. I feel bad. Okay. Um, MLB nerds, Jack. He's a good one. Oh. Uh, text me after. I'll let me see. <laughs> I don't want to miss anyone. I I I, lo I love setting guys up. One, the host of my podcast, his name is Jake Circus. He's a play-by-play -play guy. So he's a good guy to know, Not doesn't do reporting. Um, I think he was in one of the summer leagues um, doing play-by-play. -play. So I try to help him out whenever I can. He's one of my good friends. Um, but I think he was in Duluth this offseason calling for them. And so he's a, he's a good guy, and I can I'll set you, set you up with him, um, whoever you want. Kind of give me a holler and I'll, I'll see how I can help you out. Absolutely. I can't wait. And of course, you can find Michael Marino in the future on the Inside Scoop podcast as well on Twitter at Marino MLB. We really appreciate you hopping on the show with us today. Of course. Thank you so much, guys. I'm glad I could hop on. Absolutely. We had a blast. So for Dylan, Nico and Michael, until the next time, the side is retired.